Today we're going to talk about a very interesting character in the Bible, Aaron. Aaron. I think we all know about Aaron. Uh, some of you may not know him, or some of you might have heard about him. Aaron was the brother of Moses. We all know Moses. Let me quickly go through their lineage here. We all remember uh, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Abraham and Sarah. You know, they had a son, and the name of the son was Isaac. Was Isaac. Because Abraham had uh, two sons earlier, Isaac and Ishmael. So Ishmael was born out of wedlock from a woman called Hagar. So Ishmael was not the child who God promised Abraham. But then we had Isaac who was born through Sarah. Sarah was the one that, I mean, Isaac was the one that God promised Abraham. But then there is also another one uh, that we probably may not get a chance to talk about. His name was Midian. Midian, Midian was born out of Keturah. Keturah was Abraham's wife. Abraham got married to Keturah after Sarah died. So after Sarah had died, Abraham he married another wife, and the name of the wife was Keturah. So they had children, about six children, and one of the children was Midian. Was Midian. And every time you see in the Bible, they say somebody went to the Midian or the Midianites, and those were also the descendants of Abraham. So here we have the Ishmaelites, we have the uh, the Israelites and the Midians. All of them were the descendants of Abraham from different wives or different women, because uh, Hagar was not his wife. So his wife was. Sarah and Keturah. Now, later we see in the Bible when we talk about Joseph. Joseph, he was sold to the Ishmaelites. Actually, he was sold to his cousins. Because the Ishmaelites were the descendants of Ishmael. So those were, those were his cousins. And later we realize that Moses also, when he ran, where did he run to? He ran to the Midianites. And those were his Cousins also. Because the Midianites were also the descendants of Abraham. It's very interesting. So, when you look at this, I'll quickly go through this. Uh, we, have Abraham, we have Abraham who got married to Sarah and they had a child, Isaac. Isaac got married to Rebekah. And Rebekah and Abraham, they got a child, uh, or they had children, 12 children. And one of them was, no, they had two children, Esau and Jacob. So Jacob, he got married to Leah. He had about three wives and Leah was one of them. So Leah and, and Jacob, they also uh, had 12 children. That's what they call the children of Israel. Jacob, he was later called Israel. So they had 12 children and one of them was Levi. And one of them, another one was uh, Joseph. Joseph is the one who went to Egypt. He went to Egypt. He was sold to the Ishmaelites and he went to Egypt. Now, I want to focus on Levi. Levi, he also went to Egypt with his father, Jacob, with his brothers. So, when, when Levi was also in Egypt, what happened is, you know, he also got children. And the names of his children were Gershon, Kohath, Merari, and Jacobet. So those were the children of Levi. Remember Levi, he went to, to Egypt also to follow Joseph. So he was, almost, you can say, was the first generation. But then the second generation was these uh, four children. Kohath, he got uh, a child also. The name of the child was Emram. Emram. So, after Emram, Emram also, he had children. 
And the three children of Amram was Miriam, who was seven years older than Aaron. Aaron was three years older than Moses. Now, between Levi and, and Aaron, between Levi and Moses, it's a period of about 400 years. During that time when they went, when Levi went to, to Egypt with his father Jacob to follow Joseph, they, they stayed there for 400 years. So he died, but he, all his children also, they continued to live. So remember, they, they used to live long periods. Some of them, they would live 100 years, some 150 years, you know. So it may look like it doesn't make sense that we have a period of 200, I mean, 400 years in between. But I don't know their ages. But in between, if you look, if it, the other one lived for about let's say 150 years, and the other generation of Kohath, maybe they also live another 150 years. It's already 300 years. Then we have Emram, who was born also in Egypt. I don't know how long he lived, but between Levi and Aaron, it was about 400 years. So when the children of Israel left, uh, they were led by Aaron and Moses. I believe, you know, the children of Israel, they were told by their grandfathers or grandparents how they came to Egypt. So they could share those kind of stories with them. Now, what we're going to focus on, it's, we're going to focus on Aaron. Aaron is the one who helped Moses. So, Moses, when he left, uh, when he ran away from Egypt, it was after he killed an Egyptian. He went to the Median country, to the Median area, and he got married to a woman called Zipporah. Zipporah was the daughter of Jethro. So Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. Okay? Okay, let's move to the next uh, one. Now we get into Aaron. And that's what we uh, we are going to spend some time on today. Exodus chapter 4 verse 13. In chapter 4 we see God calling Moses to go back to Egypt where he ran away from. Remember? By the time he ran away, he was about 40 years old. And we all know the story of Moses. Moses, he, you know, he was born at a time when Pharaoh wanted to kill all the boys who were born out of the Hebrews. The Hebrews are talking about the children of uh, Jacob, the children of Israel. So, because the number was growing so fast, and he was afraid that they may take over the country. So, he wanted to kill all these boys. So, when Moses was born, it was during that period. But God protected him miraculously. I'm not going to spend some time on that. You all know the story of how Moses was born. And how God protected him. And, he, you know, the, the daughter of, of Pharaoh uh, adopted Moses. So, Moses was, was, was an adopted, adopted child. And his mother took care of him. He stayed there in Egypt for about 40 years. He was living in the palace. But he knew that he, he's, uh, he, he's, he's, he belongs to the Hebrews. He knew it very well. And he was not happy with the way they were treated. So one of the Egyptians wanted to, uh, you know, to kill or, to, you know, to mistreat or to abuse one of his uh, fellow Hebrews. And Moses was not happy with that and he killed him. So, we, we all know the story. But then here we see God calling him back after he ran to the Midianite uh, country. God called him back to come and, and help the, ch the children of Israel to set them free. So, that's where we, we get in, him in Exodus chapter 4 verse 13. And Moses was trying to, you know, to give excuses why he is not the right person, why he cannot uh, be able to do the job. He cannot set the children of Israel free. So in Exodus chapter 4 verse 13, we see Moses here. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please, send someone else. This was the burning bush uh, experience. Uh, we found that in Exodus chapter 4. So Moses is saying, I'm not the right person. Please find somebody else. Verse 14. Then the Lord's anger bent against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? Remember we said, uh, Aaron was the descendant of, of, of Levi, so he was a Levite. So Moses also was also a Levite, because they were the descendants of Levi. I know he speak or he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. 
You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. Verse 16. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. So here God is saying, don't worry, I'm going to send Aaron. One other thing that we see about Aaron is, because Moses ran away to the Midianites, but Aaron stayed. So Aaron he grew up with, with the slaves, you know, he grew up uh, with, the, with the Hebrews in Egypt, in the land of Geshon. So that's where they were staying. And you remember that um, all that Aaron knew was slavery. Which means all his life he was living in slavery. And remember he said Moses Moses was three years younger than Aaron. So when Moses was 40 years old and he went back, I mean he was 8 years old because he stayed away from Egypt for 40 years. So when he was 8 years old and he went back to to Egypt. His brother Aaron was 83 years old. And for 83 years all that Aaron knew was bondage and slavery. Whatever Moses Moses grew up in the palace. He grew up in the palace of Egypt. So he had a different experience than his brother. Like he I said he ran away from Pharaoh after killing an Egyptian. So Moses went to to the land of the Midians and that's where he lived for 40 years. And like I said, the Midians were the descendants of Midian, who was the son of Abraham. And his wife, or Abraham's wife, was Keturah. So that's where he met his wife, Zipporah, while he was out there. And, and he met his wife, Zipporah, and his father-in-law, Jethro. Zipporah, it's, uh, the, the name Zipporah, it comes from a Hebrew word, Zippor. Zippor simply means a bird. It simply means a bird. It simply means a bird. So Moses spent 40 years in voluntary exile in the Median uh, area. Aaron is first mentioned. For the first time we see Aaron, it's, you know, it's when Moses was coming back. When God com- commanded Moses to go back. And when Moses met God you know, in, the bushing, in, in the burning bush uh, experience. So Moses was not eager, he was not willing to accept God's call. He was not willing to go back and lead the children of Israel to the promised land. But God ignored Moses' uh, plea. And he continued to talk to him that our live plan and, and Aaron will always be there to talk on your behalf or to help you with speaking. So Moses complained that he could not speak well. I know, you know, that some scholars they have different Believes about Moses. Some they believe that he was stuttering. That Moses could not speak well. He was stuttering. But also there are some scholars who believe that. Moses was not stuttering. But Moses had a problem with the language. With the language. What they say is Moses had been away from Egypt for 40 years. So he was not speaking an Egyptian language at that point. For 40 years he was not speaking the Egyptian language. He was not speaking the Hebrew language for 40 years. So when he went to go back to Egypt, his question is, how will I speak? I'm not good at these languages. I can't speak that language again. I can't speak that. I mean, in 40 years, we all know that languages are not static. Languages are dynamic. Even your own language. The way you used to speak 20 years, 30 years ago, there are a lot of words that have been added and there are some words that are fading away. There are some things that do not mean the same thing again. So, the language always keeps on evolving. It keeps on changing. And Moses knew that he might have a challenge going back to Pharaoh, you know, to speak the language that they were speaking there because he had not been speaking that language for years. So, that's another explanation that some scholars believe about Moses. But then God was able to put Aaron and Moses together as a team. It was a team of two brothers. A team of two brothers. So God told him that Aaron was a good speaker. So Aaron stayed in that, in that country. So he was still able to speak the language without any challenge. So Aaron was a good speaker. Aaron was a good speaker. Then um, 
God put them together as a team. You know, always when God wants to do something, He will always help you partner with somebody. He will always bring a team to help you in your life. And God told him that Aaron will help you. So, Aaron was what we call a second chair leader. He was a leader, but he was serving under his younger brother, Moses. So, God also confirmed that I know Aaron is a good speaker. You know, in chapter 4, verse 14, he says, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I like what God says. He says, I know him. I know him. I know he can speak well. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth. And as if you were God to him. Brothers and sisters, what I want you to see here is, God knows all of us. God knows all of us. He knows you. He knows me. He knows our gifts. He knows our strength. He knows our failures. He knows what we have blundered in life. He knows because He created us. God knows you. Whatever you need, God knows what you need. Maybe you have been praying or you think that God has neglected you. God knows you. He says, I know that Aaron is good at speaking. God knows you. So Aaron acted as a middleman between Moses and the Hebrews. He was able to speak on his behalf. So here, I will not go through what uh, they did when they went back to Pharaoh. You know, we know of the ten plagues and everything. But when they left Egypt, the final plague was when God told them that God is going to send the angel of death to the Egyptians. But then what they need to do is every house of the, of the Israelites, every house of the Hebrews, they had to kill a lamb for every house. They have to kill an animal for every house. Then they have to, to use the blood to paint you know, the, the, the doorposts using the blood of that, uh, of that lamb at night. Because God is going to bring the angel of death. And every time when the angel of death comes by your house and he sees the blood, it will pass over your house. It will pass over your house. And there will not be death in your house. And that's where the word Passover comes from. And surely at night, the same thing happened. The same thing happened at night. You know, God started to kill the firstborn in every house, except in the house where there was blood on the, on the doorpost. And Pharaoh was so angry and furious, and he told the Israelites to leave. He told them to go, and he set them free. And they, you know, after Passover, after that night, in the morning they left and they, you know, they went through the Red Sea. Miraculous, we all know how God helped them to go through the Red Sea. But something I want to point out, it's 50 days later, after they crossed the Red Sea, after they left, uh, after they left Egypt, 50 days after Passover, Moses went to Mount Sinai. They arrived in Mount Sinai. Moses, you know, went to Mount Sinai. He, went, he climbed the mountain and God gave him the commandments. God gave him the law. God gave Moses the law. And the law was supposed to guide them. Because this was a new nation altogether. Actually, there were about two million of them. It was a new nation altogether. So they did not have a sense of direction. So God gave them the law to live by. We could call it a constitution, if you would. The law will teach them how to live godly. The law will teach them how to do right. So, the law will even lead them. And in the New Testament, what we have is what we call the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Passover land is Jesus who died at the cross of Calvary. Passover was when Jesus was crucified at the cross of Calvary and he resurrected. You remember 50 days later, 50 days later, they were commemorating what we call Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. Pentecost, Pent means 50. So the Israelites were celebrating Passover, that's when a night before they were released, and 50 days later, they will celebrate what we call Pentecost. Every year they will celebrate that. So Pentecost 
It was not Pentecost because the Holy Spirit came. I know most of us, that's what we, we have been told. But Pentecost has been celebrated even before the Holy Spirit came. Pent, actually, Pent, it's, it means five. So Pentecost, it was 50 days after Passover. So after Jesus has died and resurrected, 50 days later, we have Pentecost. And that's when the Holy Spirit came. And the significance of that is, as the law was supposed to guide the Israelites, Pentecost came so the Holy Spirit could be our guide. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our leader. So he came on the day of Pentecost. He came on the day of Pentecost. So Aaron provided spiritual leadership to the nation. So Aaron was focusing on the spiritual path of leading the Israelites during that time. He was a very devout person. You know, he was a very good man. He was a very good man, a spiritual leader. And remember, he, he led the children of Israel for 40 years. For 40 years. Because as after they moved from Egypt all the way to the new uh, promised land, to the promised land, it took them 40 years. They stayed 40 years in the desert. Who was leading them? Aaron and Moses. So Aaron served under his brother for 40 years. 40 years. And he served as a high priest. He was the first high priest of the children of Israel. And after they marched out of Egypt, Aaron was no longer a central figure. You know, Aaron was the one who was a spokesperson for, for Moses in Egypt. But after they left, he started to serve under Moses. Everything, Moses was ahead of them. Moses would hear from God and he would tell them where to go. He would tell them what to do. Aaron was playing a secondary you know, a figure, or it was a secondary player to his brother Moses. Another thing is, you know, all these other miracles when they took place, Aaron was not that much involved. When they crossed the Red Sea, Aaron was not involved. After they crossed, sea, they crossed the Red Sea, you know, the children of Israel started to sing and, and just to thank God, you know, the, the victory of the victory that God has given them. Aaron was not involved in that. You know, when in Mara, when God, you know, blessed them and, and He gave them water, you know, because they found that there was water, but the water was not sweet, it was bitter. Aaron was not involved in that miracle. But we see Aaron reappeared later in connection with the incident of the manna. You know, when God blessed them with manna, because they were hungry and they had no food. And God blessed them with manna, and, and, and Moses, he told Aaron to collect some manna. So they have to keep that manna for years. So that the future generation will always be shown that this is what your forefathers ate while they were in the desert. So in Exodus chapter 16 verse 33, that's where we see Aaron again. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an armor of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept. For the generations to come. Verse 34. As the Lord commanded Moses. Aaron put the manna. With the tablets of the covenant law. So that it might be. Preserved. Verse 35. The Israelites ate manna 40 years. Until they came. To a land. That was settled. They ate manna. Until they reached. The border of Canaan. Manna actually. It was the food that God provided for them. It was just falling from the sky. And they got free food. God provided for them for 40 years. Manna, it simply means, it, it was, they were just wondering, what is this? What is this? That's all that manna means. And also another area where we see Aaron again. It's when he was with, uh, with Er. He held up the arms of Moses as they were fighting against the Amalekites. So Aaron was involved in that. Joshua went to fight. But Aaron er, and Moses, they went up to the mountain to pray. And what they did is, as long Moses' hands were up, Joshua was winning. But when the, when, when the hands went down, he was losing. So Moses had to keep his hands up until he got tired. When he got tired, we see Aaron and Er, they came to, to help Moses. One of them they stood, one of them stood on the left, the other one stood on the right, and they raised Moses' hands up. 
that the Israelites, they kept on winning. They kept on winning until Joshua won the battle. So, Aaron played a very important role in the success of his brother Moses. Aaron was playing a supportive role. Although Moses was younger than him, but you see Aaron, he kept on supporting his brother. Exodus chapter 17 verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. Verse 13. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. So we see here Aaron playing a very important role in this victory. Aaron played a supportive role to his younger brother. Very, very supportive. He modeled an assistant leader who's always supportive to his leader. Are you supportive to your leader? Do you support him with your prayers? Whether it could be your father, your, I mean your, uh, your pastor, it could be your apostle or your bishop or your, you know, whatever type of leader we can talk of. Maybe even your manager at work or your director. You must be an iron kind of supporter. You know, you might be good in other things that your leader might not be good at. For example, what you saw with Aaron. He was good at speaking. Good in speech. But still he was supportive to his leader. Supportive to his brother. He supported and stood by his brother when he was facing the hard-heated or hard-hearted Pharaoh. You remember when he went to Pharaoh with him? Bible says, Pharaoh's heart was hard. But Moses and Aaron, they kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. They never gave up. Because Aaron was always supportive to his brother. And the question that I want to ask you tonight is, who are you supporting in your life? Who are you serving under in your ministry? Do you have your, your Moses? Do you have somebody that you are supporting, that you are praying for, that you are always encouraging, that you are always there for them? You know, Aaron, he persisted. And he stayed loyal to Moses even when some of the Israelites rebelled against him. Aaron was always there for his brother. In Exodus 32, you know, when, 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 when Moses left to go and collect uh, the, the tablets from God, the children of Israel, you know, they lost hope. They thought, oh, it's taking long. And they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted somebody to lead them. And Aaron and earth, they stepped in. They decided to lead the children of Israel. So they were always there to support. They were always there when the brother was not in. Aaron was a very, very faithful helper to his brother Moses. He was a leader who was always committed to his people. Always supportive. Always supportive. Aaron was a leader who was quick to obey God. Always quick to obey God. When God called him, you remember from the first time, when God called him, Moses tried to give, to give some, some excuses, but Aaron did not give any excuse. He just quickly joined in the team and he started working and serving under Moses. And his, his, his obedience, like I said, you know, it, it was displayed right from the beginning. He was always there. And he understood his position. He understood his responsibilities as a second chair leader. He was a second chair leader. And as an assistant, as an assistant, you should not be there to compete with your leader, but you must be there to complement your senior leader. You must be there to support your leader. You must be there to support your pastor. You know, sometimes you may play a very invisible role. You may not always be in public. You may be like Aaron. I mean, always when you talk about the children of Israel, when you talk about the leading of the children of Israel out of Egypt, we talk about Moses. Everybody knows about Moses. Nobody talks about the, the, the role that Aaron played. God is looking at your heart. God wants to see you serve His people. And God will bless you when you continue to serve even behind closed doors. Even when you are not in public. God will continue to bless you as long you serve Him. As long you serve His people. What we see here is Aaron augmented Moses' leadership with his communication skills. We know that Aaron was a good speaker. He was a good communicator. And God said, I know Aaron can do this. He brought value into Moses' leadership. 
And you can also bring value to your church. You can bring value to the ministry. You can bring value to your organization. Bring some skills to the organization. What are the skills that you are bringing to the office? What are the skills that you are bringing to your school? Or you are just there as a pain in the neck of your leader, of your school principal, of your, of your HOD. Are you bringing some skills? Are you bringing some help? Are you, are you a person of value in that organization, in your church, in your ministry, in the youth department, in the women's department? What kind of value are you bringing? Now, there could be some gifts or some skills that God has blessed you with. And God expects you to support your leader with those skills. And you must be willing to, to submit to your leader. Serve under your leader. Even if you are, you are just a second chair. Play your role as God has intended you to. Remember, there is no leader who knows everything. There is no leader who knows everything. Leaders depend on volunteers. Leaders depend on the second chair leaders. Be there to support your leader. And if you are a leader, if you are a main leader, if you are a pastor, you should accept that you do not know everything. And God will bring people in your life who are going to support your ministry. Who are going to support what you are doing. And you must learn to accept them. They should not become a threat to you. When God brings people to you to help you, accept them and work with them. We thank God for the exemplary leadership of Moses. Moses was willing to work with Aaron. If Moses and Aaron could be able to work together, you, my brother, my sister, you can also work together with your people. You can work together very well with the people that God brings into your life. This is the Aaron that we see. Aaron who has been there for Moses. Even during difficult times, Aaron was always there supporting his brother. Aaron was always there, you know, even when things were tough. I want us to talk about some few things here, some few lessons that we can learn from Aaron. Number one, even the best leaders do make mistakes. I said Aaron was one of the best leaders that I had known. But there are mistakes that he also made. Aaron was obedient most of his life. He followed God throughout, right from the beginning. But unfortunately he had moments where he did not do God's will. There are times when he failed. There are times when he failed God. And that's what I want to look at in the next few minutes or so. Aaron was far from being perfect. However, this did not keep him from saving Moses. It did not keep him from saving God. He continued to serve as the right hand man of Moses. You and I, we are not perfect. We are not perfect. And we'll make mistakes. But there is still a place for us. There is still hope for us. There is still a place for you in the kingdom. There is still a place for me in the kingdom. No matter how, how many mistakes we make, God is always there for us and God is always on our side. God wants to see us succeed. God wants to see us move on even in the midst of challenges. In Exodus chapter 32, we see Aaron here, he missed it. When Moses went to Mount Sinai to collect the, uh, the commandments from God, what you see is Aaron, he, put, you know, he was put in charge of leading the, 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 the children of Israel. But what he did, he listened to the people. Instead of, listen, of leading the people to worship God, he allowed people to manipulate him. Because people wanted to give up and they said, Oh, where is Moses? He's not coming back. He's taking longer than we thought. Because to them, Moses was their God. And they said, we need a God now. We, can we create a God for us? Because Moses is no longer with us. Maybe he may not even come back. And they believed in the man-made gods. Because in Egypt, that's all that they know. That's all that they see, they saw. And Aaron failed to direct the people towards the truth. What did he do? He consented. He allowed them. He allowed them. And they started to, 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 to make a God, a false God. They made a false God. They built a golden calf to worship in the place of God. Instead of worshipping God, they started to worship 
that false god. So, here Aaron as a leader, what did he do? We see Aaron, he allowed sin and chaos to enter in the camp. To enter in the camp. And when Moses came back, he was so furious. Actually, even threw the, you know, the tablets on the ground and they broke. He was so angry, he was so furious at his brother Aaron. And Moses, he said to, to Aaron in verse 21, Exodus 32, verse 21, he says, What did these people do to you that you led them into such a great sin? How can you do this, Aaron? Aaron, the great leader. Aaron, the obedient one. What happened? Why did you allow these people to lead you to this? Because Aaron allowed them to believe in other gods. Sometimes, even the best leaders, they do make mistakes. As a leader, you will make mistakes and you have to accept when you make mistakes. You have to acknowledge it when you make mistakes. There's no perfect leader. Leaders always make mistakes. But you have to keep moving, even if you made some mistakes. Don't park inside the tunnel of your life. You know, when you drive through the tunnel... When you drive through the tunnel, sometimes it's dark in the tunnel. But I've never seen anybody say, because it's dark in the tunnel, let me park here, let me stop here. No, you just keep driving and driving and driving. And always on the other side of the tunnel, you'll see the light. And the same thing with life. Brothers and sisters, do not park inside the tunnel of your life. Sometimes you'll go through the tunnel in your life. David says, even when I walk through the value of the shadow of death, sometimes you'll go through the shadows of death. Life has its ups and downs. So life has mountains and valleys. Sometimes you may go through the valleys of your life. You don't have to park inside the tunnel, my brother. Don't park inside the tunnel, my sister. Be like Aaron. He did not park. He did not stay there. Even when he blundered, he made mistake. He kept on moving. He kept on moving. Let's see what finally happened with Aaron. Number two, faithful servant leadership leads to legacy. Aaron finally, you know, he became the first high priest of Israel. Why? Because he kept on moving even when he blundered, even when he made mistakes, because he was able to serve under another leader. Aaron was a great second chair leader. God chose him and set him Apart, he set him apart because he served well. He was a great, great servant. He supported very well his leader. And God blessed him for that. He became the first example of priestly holiness. When you speak of the priest, Aaron was the first priest. He was the first one who represented the Levites. He was the first one who represented the children of Israel before God. He was the first one who was standing on behalf of them and praying to God on their behalf. Yes, just like uh, Sister Tracy, thank you. Yes, you have to build up and not destroy, not tear down. Not tear down. Moses, I mean, Aaron was very, very humble. was a very, very humble servant. Very humble. Very, very humble. We have to learn to be humble servants also. Learn to be a humble leader. Learn to serve under another leader. You don't always have to be the first one. You don't always have to be the great leader. You don't have always to be the first one in your church. I know some people, you know, they are serving in the church with the hope that maybe I'll be the next pastor. Maybe I'll be the next children's pastor. I'll be the next youth pastor. You may serve just like Aaron. We have never seen Aaron taking over from Moses. He served under his brother, not only for one year, not only for five years, not only for ten years. He served for forty years. 40 years. You speak of perseverance. 40 years serving under one leader. And God blessed him for that. God blessed him for that. How long have you been serving your, your leader? Some of you, you can only serve for 3 months. Then you leave. You give up. Some of you can serve for two, maybe 20 days. Then you give up. Just because your, your pastor, your leader, he, he took a decision that you did not like. Maybe he did something that you, you know, he, he preferred the yellow... Uh, he preferred the yellow paint. Whereas you wanted the green paint. A very simple thing sometimes. He, he preferred a different color of the carpet. 
That's what you will prefer. Or he made a decision that you will not prefer. Then you gave up on him. Here we see a great second chain leader, Aaron. He stayed for 40 years. Serving under his younger brother. What a humble man. What a humble man. I wish we could have second chair leaders like Aaron in our churches, in our lives, in our schools. You are there as a deputy principal. You are there as a head of the department. You are not there to take over from your school principal. You are not there to take over from your manager. You can serve under your manager. So faithful like Aaron did. Number three, beware of manipulation. Beware of manipulation as a leader. As a leader, we have to avoid what happened with Aaron, where he was manipulated by people. You have to make sure that you do not get manipulated by people and you start to act against God's will. People will try to manipulate you when you are a leader. People will bring some gossip and they will tell you things about other people. So they can be on your favorite list. And they will manipulate you. They will push you into making decisions that they will prefer. Into making decisions that might not even be godly. Brothers and sisters, do not allow your people to manipulate you. When people come and gossip to you, please let them know that there is two or three you know, sides of the story. I always tell people, every story has three sides. There is his story. There is her story that you may not even hear. And there is the right story. Everybody will tell you the side of story that will favor them. They will not tell you the other side of the story. The Bible says, you know, a witness or a person, he sounds so truth, so truthful. When he stands in court and they give their evidence, you know, everybody, when the first speaker speaks, everybody believes their evidence and they believe that he is right. Until he starts being questioned by the attorney, he starts being questioned by the judge, he starts being questioned by the opposite side. Then we get the other side of the story. There is, oh, wow, this is what I thought. And that always happens, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's a leader and his deputy, whether it's at work, whether it's in the church, it, it's always like that. Every story has the three. Three sides of the story. The same story. You cannot make a judgment based on one side of the story. That will be a wrong judgment. And most of us will make that mistake. When somebody tells you something, you are so quick to believe that, and you make a decision based on one side of the story. Based on her story. Based on his story. And always the next question that I usually ask people is, if I can go and ask him, do you think he will tell me the same story that you are telling me? And the answer in most cases is no. Because everybody will tell you one side of the story. Do not allow people to manipulate you as a leader. After being manipulated, you see Aaron here, he stood and he blamed the people and the fire. When you make a mistake, don't blame other people. Just accept it. I blundered. I made a mistake. In Genesis 32 verse 24, here we see Aaron is giving an excuse. He says, Oh, you know what they did? They just gave me the gold. Then we, 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 we threw it into the fire. He's not taking responsibility. I like the last part he says. And this calf came out of the fire. No, 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 no. No, Aaron. You built the calf for them. You built the golden calf for them. Accept it when you made a mistake. Accept it when you made a mistake. Don't blame other people. Don't be like, you know, like Adam. Adam said, oh, it's a woman that you gave me. And the woman says, oh, it's a snake that you created. In other words, we blame you, God. It's because of you. Brothers and sisters, your leadership matters at every level of the organization. No matter what level of organization you are, you are a second chair leader. And your leadership, it matters. It is your leadership responsibility to reroute the church, reroute the organization, reroute the people when, you know, when they move in the wrong direction. Don't be like Aaron. When people move in the wrong direction, correct them. Give them the right, lead them to God. Lead them to the right direction. Your leadership will determine the health and the direction 
of the church. When you are a good leader, you know, healthy churches, they are led by healthy leaders. Healthy churches are led by healthy leaders. If you are healthy emotionally, your church will be healthy also. If you are bleeding, unfortunately you will bleed even on the pulpit. You will bleed on wrong people. Have you ever listened to a bleeding pastor? Have you ever listened to a bleeding, uh, you know, a bleeding leader? When they speak, they bleed. You can tell that this man is bleeding. This man is in pain. He's not preaching the gospel. He's just preaching his pain. Leadership matters. So if you do not heal, if you do not heal, you will bleed on wrong people. You will bleed on wrong people. Make sure you get yourself healed. You get your heart healed. So when you lead people, you lead people, you know, with a clear sense of vision and you lead them to God. As long as you are in pain, your focus will be on your pain, not on the vision that God gave you. There is a direct correlation between the spiritual health of the people, spiritual health of the church, and the spiritual health of their leaders. If you are led by healthy leaders, your church will be healthy. Your organization will be, will be healthy. John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls with the leader. All failing institutions, it's because of the leadership. All successful uh, institutions, it's because they have good leadership. Your institution, your organization, your company will be strong based on the strength of your leadership. And finally, we have seen Aaron Blunder, but God never gave up on him. God will never give up on you also. God will never give up on you also. When Aaron blundered, God, and even Moses, they were so gentle with him, they were so patient with him, even after he blundered, after he made mistakes. Moses did not give up on his brother. People will only focus on your blunders, they forget what he did in the past, they forget how you helped them. But Moses was not that kind of a leader. He knew that this man, he has helped me for the past 40 years. There's no way I can give up on him right now. If Aaron was serving under you, if Aaron was serving under some of the leaders today, he would have been fired just for making such a big blunder, for making one mistake. Let's learn to give people grace in our lives. Give people second chance, third chance. Actually, God always gives us not a second chance. He's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of many chances. Most of us, or all of us, we have already blown our second chances a long time ago. But God gives you one more day to live. God continues to give you more, more chances to move on in life. God and Moses, they saw something different that you and me could not have seen in Aaron. Even after Aaron made mistakes, even after Aaron blundered, God still continued to trust Aaron. God still continued to trust Aaron. Yes, we need more leaders. And true leaders like Moses, those are the kind of leaders that we need. Gracious leaders who will say, yes, we know you have blundered. Yes, we know you have made mistakes, but we still have hope. We still believe in you. Your life is not defined by your mistakes. God saw a destiny for the children of Israel in Aaron. God knew that he can still lead the children of Israel, even when he made mistakes. Instead of just seeing leadership toward Evil. They did not see Aaron leading them towards evil. God saw a man who will lead the nation into the promised land. And God did not demote Aaron, but he redirected his talents for his own glory. Instead of seeing failure in Aaron, God saw the future of his nation in him. God continued to use Aaron. Even when he blundered, despite his failures, God continued to use him. God, you know, he continues to, to, to see importance in him. He gave him that role and he wanted to continue to play that role in the nation of Israel. As I said earlier, you and me, we are not perfect. But there is still a place for us in the kingdom. Do not get discouraged by your failures. Do not get discouraged by your, 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 your shortcoming. 
God does not take people's opinions. God does not make decisions based on people's opinions. All that people have for you is just opinions. That's all that they have. It's unfortunate that some people, they live their lives based on other people's opinions. What will they say? What will so and so think? God did not care what people will think. He still continues to love Aaron. He still continues to, 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 to give Aaron another chance. Maybe you could be rejected by your people. Some of you are rejected by your husbands. Some of you have been rejected by your friends. Some of you have been rejected by your colleagues. God does not care about their opinion. Some of you have been told you are not Christian enough because you are not doing what they want you to do. Some of you have been told, oh, you are a false prophet, you are a false teacher, you are a false Christian, oh, you are pretending. They told you so many things. You know, it's like they think their opinions will change God's mind about you. Never! God will never change His mind about me just because you label me. Your label of me does not change God's mind about me. He continues to love me even when you give me all the kind of labels that you do. God is a loving Father and He will continue to love you. He knows you are not perfect. He knows you not always do things right. But He continues to love you. And if, if some of you have given up because you thought nobody loves you, I have good news for you. God loves you. God loves you. Some people, they judge you based on your past. Some people, they are so much involved in, in knowing your past to an extent that they even spend sleepless nights. They go on Google to search your past, to search how you were five years ago, how you used to live ten years ago, how you used to live twenty years ago. God does not do that. When God forgives you, He forgets. When God forgives you, He forgives you indeed. It does not matter how you lived ten years, fifteen years ago. Your sins have been forgiven. They may go on Google, they may go on Facebook and search your past and do everything and they try to label you based on your past. You are not living in your past. You are living, you are a new creature. You are a new creature in God. In Christ, you are new. You have started a new page altogether. God loves you. No matter what you are going through, please don't give up because God has not given up on you. Moses did not give up on Aaron. God did not give up on Aaron. Aaron did not even give up on himself also. And he kept moving. How about you? I don't know what you are going through in your life. But I want to say to you, please don't give up. Please don't give up. There is hope for your situation. Don't get discouraged by what people say about you. Don't get discouraged. By what you have gone through in your life. Even if you have been rejected by, by your own parents. God still loves you. God will never give up on you. And don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on him also. If you have made a blunder. If you have sinned against God. Just repent. God says when you repent he will forgive you. Just repent. To repent means to turn around. Just repent. Ask for forgiveness. And God will forgive you. And you move on with your life. God will never give up on you. God will continue to love you. Because God is love. No matter how difficult your situation is, my brother. No matter how tough your situation is, my sister. There is still hope. All situations are temporary. And God will see you through your challenge. Let's pray.